Hi everyone, Ike Myram here. In normal times, we would be in the first month of the Major League Baseball calendar. But due to the ongoing pandemic of COVID-19, ballparks across the country sit vacant. And many baseball fans are slaking their thirst for the great American pastime by watching footage from past glory days. One gem that I found is Game 5 of the 1979 World Series. The Pirates were facing elimination against the Orioles three games to one. And the starting pitcher for the Pirates in Game 5 was an unlikely hero, Jim Rooker. Jim Rooker was a prankster. He used to sneak up on his teammates in a rubber mask with warts and white hair. He allegedly climbed into a soda cooler once and frightened other players who dared to reach inside for a drink. Rooker had been on the disabled list for much of the season with elbow and back problems. He was 37, declining in his performance and arguably at the lowest point in his professional career. When Rooker found out that he was starting Game 5 of the World Series, he went to his room and quietly packed his things. Not for a possible Game 6, but to get ready for his annual hunting trip to Colorado. He was prepared to lose and was certain to end his uneventful career with a disastrous and highly public finish. But the pundits were wrong that day, my friends, and so was Jim Rooker. Much to his surprise, he pitched five flawless innings and set the Pirates up for an epic comeback in that game, and they later won the next two games and then the World Series. The world is ready for a comeback, and rest assured, that day is coming. In the meantime, we sit back, we connect with old friends, and my guest today is somebody on my own personal all-star team, Justin Esslinger. Justin didn't request to be on my personal all-star team, but he's been a starting pitcher, a cleanup batter, and the ultimate save artist in various stages of my life. Justin taught me many important life lessons. And how do I repay him? By inviting him to be a guest on a podcast where I'm the host and that nobody's ever heard of. It's a crummy deal for everyone except for you and me and the rest of the listeners. Any friend of mine is now a friend of yours. Please enjoy this conversation with Justin Esslinger. Well, hey, Justin Esslinger. Justin Esslinger. Welcome to Old Friends, New Laughs. I'm not saying that you're old, but I'm saying that we've known each other for quite a while. Almost 20 years. I can't believe it. I know. Yeah, time has really flown. And now now we're in a state of quarantine right now. And, and you were just telling me that, that you're working in your closet right now. <laughs> well, I'm talking to you in my closet. <laughs> I... Uh, I work in a room slightly larger than my closet, but I have to share it with my wife and my three-year-old daughter. So, how has that challenge been? Just balancing parenthood and work and everything. Well, it's been a struggle. Uh, you know, three-year-old wants a lot of attention and deserves a lot of attention, and trying to get work done around parenting uh, is a struggle, as it would be for any parent. Um, but we don't have we have a lot to be thankful for you know we both have my wife and i both have jobs still uh and we're all safe and healthy and and staying at home which is fantastic so uh it's it's been a lot of family time but you know this is the new normal we'll get through it 
So you live in in Portland, Oregon, and how are people how are people managing sheltering in place? Is this I mean, the weather is bad enough in Portland that people probably stay indoors most of the year anyhow. But how's the mentality in Portland? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would say 80% of the uh, people are sheltering in place and 28% of the people are at Home Depot or Costco still. Or are um, they sending the, the their first... Lyft drivers and their, their DoorDash people to Home Depot? Yeah, we, uh, we ha- well, I mean, full disclosure, we have done Grubhub a couple times. Uh, in the last week, but we also want to keep our local restaurants that we like open. You know, we don't want them to be closed when we all come out of our burrows in a couple weeks or months. So we're, we're voting with our wallets and wanting to help other people out. And you're not, you're not having the Grubhub person get toilet paper for you though. That's not, that's not an option, is it? No, no, we, uh, we're making do on the toilet paper front. Uh, the hard thing we've been having to find is uh baby wipes we have to you know those are in essentials so yeah you'll have to 3d print those oh yeah she'd love the color but i don't think she'd like the uh the feeling <laughs> um <laughs> but you know the, the first week of the quarantine it was nice and sunny and warm it wasn't too mm-hmm. bad we could go for walks and everything but for the last week and a half it's been a normal oregon march and it's been raining all day every day (laughs) so tell me a little bit about Uh, your work so you are you're a graphic designer at portland community college tell me tell me how you got into this creative field i've i've known you as a a left brain thinker you're very structured and organized you've got both sides of your brain like coming out your ears you're very you're very talented guy and so how did how did you come to graphic design and how does it use both your left and right brain yeah uh well you know I went to the University of Idaho for political science, which sounded great in high school because I like debate. But my my other side of my brain, my right side of my brain, I was uh, I was in the newspaper doing graphic design for the newspaper in high school. So I chose one side of my brain and kind of stuffed the other one down uh, when I went to the U of I. And after I left and just started working. Um, I realized that's what I really like doing. So I went back to school uh, at Portland Community College and uh, got a degree in graphic design and then got a job at PCC doing that. So so I have to say, when I first met you, I was kind of in awe of you. I think a lot of people are when they first meet you because you are very well-spoken and you're extremely sharp and witty. And you were you were just like that in college. And I think... There was sort of this, I think folks were kind of mesmerized by you. I have to say, you, well, I can, you, you were, you were a great debater. <laughs> I, I, I've, uh, man, I've never heard anyone say people are in awe of you. Uh, God, I don't know how to, I don't know how that makes me feel. I, I can um, think of a few. I can think it, of a few. Embarrassed and, <laughs> and and not everyone has been in awe of me. Actually, one of the things I want to talk about, you know, you are uh, you are kind of a key person in the uh, the the first memorable interaction that my wife and I had um, <laughs> in student government back in college <laughs> because it was it was a moment when 
Um, I was definitely not awe-inspiring to my future wife <laughs> because she was a brand new senator and you were student body president. Um, she wasn't brand new, but she'd been there for a couple weeks. And uh, you were talking to her about, you know, future opportunities because you saw, you know, amazing potential in her and you wanted to see if she wanted to be like Senate pro tem. And I had been eavesdropping from my cubicle in the student government office, so I came lurking out, being all high and mighty, know-it-all, <laughs> saying, no one in the history of the ASCY has been elected pro tem if they haven't been a senator for at least a term or two. Oh, okay, I and see. You're, you were kind of pulling the old, uh, you got you got to work your way up the ranks a little bit here. Yeah, but I think I was also being a show-off know-it-all <laughs> well, I don't know what the opposite of awe-inspiring is but it would be that cringe-inducing I don't know um, <laughs> but that's that's the first memory my now wife of <laughs> over a decade um, <laughs> remembers of me is that interaction so, um, so how did I play so, a role in that I just said look ignore this guy keep being pro you know be pro tem, ignore what this guy's saying. And she found that like, Oh wow. Okay. I, I'd like to actually get to know this guy a little bit more. Yeah. She's like, here's this amazing guy, Ike Myram, student body president coming to me and telling me that I've got great potential. And here's this loser policy advisor sneaking yeah, but, out of his cubicle to tell me to yeah. sit down and wait my turn. But and you were my sneaking, sneaking back in. <laughs> you were my policy your advisor. Policy advisor. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I was a nobody. And <laughs> yes. So thank you. You know, I, I owe my entire life to you because without you encouraging my wife and me trying to squash her ambitions, <laughs> I would not be married I, with a daughter right now. <laughs> I, I can take zero credit, honestly. I think uh, you were both amazing people, and you still are. So, And speaking of Liz, she has a great uh, new venture called Bet Bakes. And I, I happened to see this last year that uh, she, uh, with the help of your tremendous graphic skills and, and design skills, created this book called... Oh, see, it was an ABC baking book. It was a baking book for kids in Portuguese, in English and Portuguese. That's right. Yeah, it's a it's a alphabet book of all these different baking terms. My wife is an amazing baker. Um, over the last couple of years, after we had our daughter, she's uh, when when we had Moraine, my daughter, we um, uh, my wife would watch the Great British Baking Show um, or Great British Bake Off, as it's called in England. Um, just to you know, relax and and to center herself. And when you have a crying toddler, you know it's something soothing to watch. Um, and or a uh, crying infant. And so she started baking through the challenges, and she's baked every single signature challenge from every season. Wow! Over ninety different bakes that she's done. Um, and, and she 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 teaches a class now, doesn't she? Or or well, she did before this quarantine. Yeah, she was going to, uh, and then they canceled it because of the quarantine. Um, but she'll be teaching it again at Portland Community College, a great British baking show inspired class of uh, doing some bakes from the show, but without the stress of the show. Um, and she's really excited about that. But she wrote, uh, she and my daughter love to bake together. Uh, my daughter loves baking and and helping her out in the kitchen. 
Um, we have a little stand that my uh, stepdad made that uh, my daughter can climb right up there and be at the countertop to work. Um, and so, um, and my wife is Portuguese and um, wanted to instill some of her culture and, and language uh, with, with our daughter. And so uh, she was looking for a bilingual baking book um, in English and Portuguese and didn't find one. So for Christmas, she wrote one um, and I helped her design something. And we found a company here in the US, they're the only company in the US that prints a board book. No way. Um, wow. And so we printed a couple for, for Christmas and she posted on social media just saying, hey, look what this, this thing I did. And people really liked it. And so she it's so well done. made it's a so big well order. Done. Oh, well, thank you. The yeah, photos, it's, it's amazing. The photos in it are, you can, you can see it. And, are very well, uh, very well produced, and yeah, the quality of the book looked fantastic. So, uh, bravo oh, she, to you! No, all. It's, it's, it turned out really well. I'm really, well, I'm, I'm so proud of my wife. She's incredible, and uh, so yeah, if, you, if you'd like to check it out, um, betbakes.com, and uh, yeah, they're for sale now. We'll put that link copy. down in the show notes. I don't even know what that means, but I guess I'll have show notes after this. <laughs> They're down, up, to they're the left. Down. Yep. Just, they're down. Okay, Just down. search for them. They're, we'll decide. It. They're, they're down. Um, you're one of... You are naturally a great debater. Um, and one of your, your best tricks for getting the upper hand on somebody is to repeatedly say, I, 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 over and over again, while the other person is sputtering and trying to make a comeback. And you go, I, 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 no, wait, I, I, listen, I... It's a great, it's a great skill, and it's a great tactic. <laughs> no, no. Oh, Ike. I, <laughs> I but know it's I'm very not effective. supposed to be touching my face because of the coronavirus, but I'm sitting here just with my, uh, just. <laughs> Get your hands off of your face. Um, so oh, thank you. Another yeah, early memory well, that I have I, of you. So I, I knew you, I, 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 I knew you when you were a senator. You were you were on the student senate. I got appointed a couple of weeks after 9-11-2001, another time when we thought the world yes, had just, right. just about ended. And um, yeah, I, I was appointed to the senate. I got to know you. And shortly thereafter, it must have been in October, uh, things were kind of touchy internationally, but we decided to take a trip to Canada together. And uh, we loaded up Last in your... Minute. Last minute, I think it was like Saturday morning or Friday night. We're just like, hey, let's go to Canada tomorrow. And this is northern Idaho, so it's, you know, it's not a terrible distance, but still a drive. We got in your Volkswagen Fox, was it? That's right, 88 or 87. And that thing got 80 miles to the gallon, a diesel engine, if I remember. Yeah, it did pretty good. It was a tiny car, but it, uh, it uh, yeah, we, we just headed off in the morning on like the four and a half hour drive to... To, to go 20 miles over the border <laughs> into Canada. So, to, uh, what was the name of that town? Creston. Creston, Mond Creston. Creston Canada. Which, uh, actually, if I'm not mistaken, that is the home of Kokanee Beer. I think that's where their head headquarters is. But I digress. Oh, so yeah. we, we take off for, for Canada for an international border a few weeks after 9-11, and we get there, and I had never been to a, an international border crossing, and I had my disposable camera and I decided to jump out of your car and take photos uh, and yes. you're like this is a horrible idea 
I will probably be having to bail you out well, was, of a federal prison. Well, yeah, because it was between the U.S. border post and the Canadian border post. So it's like, yeah, it was all nice and grass, but it wasn't a park. It was like the no man's land between the border a month after 9-11. And, uh, yeah, the the... The, the two things that really date that are one, we brought disposable cameras with us yes. and two, even then after 9-11, it was like a, uh, you know, a week or two after they reopened the border you didn't need a passport to go to Canada no. no, because neither one of us had a passport, neither one of us had left the country before we, we just had our driver's licenses and then when we came back, I remember when we were driving back across the, uh, back into the United States um here we are, two obviously college kids. Um, you know, the only reason college kids go to Canada is to drink when they're 18 or 19, whatever it is. And <laughs> the Canadian, the, the U.S. Customs or Border Guard didn't believe us that we just went up to go for a hike and <laughs> no. checked our trunk because he was sure we were driving back into America with a whole bunch of beer. Um, and it's like, no, we have salmon. And, and uh, <laughs> he had us eat the salmon to make sure it wasn't laced yes. with some. But I, I remember we also made fools of ourselves because he asked what our citizenship was. And you said Oregon and I said Idaho. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, no, what country? <laughs> we're like, oh, no, we're that Americans. Just, <laughs> it seems too obvious. But so just going back to the. The photos, the um, I can't even think of the name. The, the disposable cameras uh, oh, that sure. we brought up there, they were panoramic film cartridges uh, inside of these disposable cameras, and so they came out. When you gave me my copies from the trip, they were long enough to cover a table. They were these huge panoramic yeah. images, <laughs> and I have one of you standing next to a lake, and you're wearing your red hat, and and the baggiest pants, the baggiest and pants shirt. You can imagine. Those were skinny jeans back then, though. I think that was a that was a conservative <laughs> cut. That was a modest cut. It was it was twelve cubic yards of denim and a long sleeve tee, long sleeve t shirt with the printing down the sleeves. Yes, and that was baggy too. Um, oh my god, we yeah, that was that was styles have changed. I saw photos of myself from around that time, and the shoes were massive too. People wore these. I mean, because they had to balance, they had to balance the pants. So you had these huge, like, overly formed shoes, like basketball shoes and things that people wore, and they're just they're ridiculously huge compared to the quaint, delicate footwear that we have today. But <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I know if I ever need to buy you some shoes, what to look for. Oh my gosh! Uh, you know, so, I've, I've been thinking a lot. You know, since, since you and I were talking, I've been thinking a lot about our time at U of I and. Our, uh, our work in the student government together for years. Uh, you know, th there were some rough times in our student government uh, tenure. I don't know if you want to get into that. Well, <laughs> I debated but, that, and that kept me awake a little bit last night. Uh, well, the, the other thing I, 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 I was thinking back on uh, from when you were, when you were president was, um, yeah, and I was debating whether or not we could use the name of it or not, but there was a certain couch that you inherited as president. Oh, oh no, yeah. That, that went by a name that had a, a, a quite a reputation, um, and we didn't feel it was appropriate for 
the presidential office. So like on winter break after your term started, but before classes started, came back, we took the couch out and replaced it with some nice chairs. But then that couch followed you around for years. You took it back to your, (laughs) you took it back to your room. And then uh, there was a summer where you and I lived together and you brought it into our apartment. And (laughs) And you're like, you're not bringing that in here. Yeah, no, this disgusting couch that. (laughs) And it was, it was owned by a previous student body president who had it in his fraternity. Yes. And who knows where that came from and what (laughs) that. No, I know. (laughs) But you're right. I was I was broke as a joke, and so anytime anyone threw a couch at me, I kept it. I one of the first couches I had after I got married uh, to Christy was uh, a couch from the Kappa Delta sorority that was from oh, their wow. basement. <laughs> okay. So, so I carted that around for about five or six years before we disposed of it. Great couch, but. That was yeah. That was not well, my okay, best. Well, okay, but this not my best this decision. other couch, which I wish I wish I could say the name. I don't want to because that president is now a lawyer, and who knows? Yeah, probably what would happen. That's probably in, in our um, best interest here. In our best interest. So the unnamed couch was a terrible couch. You, I mean, you. It was one of those horrible couches where. You know, God knows what had happened to it, but you'd sit in it and you'd sink about seven feet into it. But and it was you ended up putting up you ended up putting a piece of of like <laughs> yeah. of plywood under the cushions. <laughs> right, right, because it sank so low. But in its defense, in the gross couch's defense, to to invite an administrator who maybe you had a disagreement yes. with, and and I'm not the tallest person. I talk about economical frames, but my economy ended at about five foot six. So to to have these tall administrators come to my office and sit down and sink about a foot and a half, it it served a purpose for me. I could sit in a normal chair and have an eye to eye conversation. So maybe I was too embarrassed to say it at the time, but it actually was. Uh, I was using it to my advantage, just right. And and I should say, I mean, you were one of the people who actually got me golfing. I had never golfed before. I had never cooked before. Uh, until we we shared an apartment over a summer, you actually taught me to cook, and you taught me how to swing a golf club. You you taught me how to tie a tie, I think. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I taught you to drive. Taught I, me to uh, drive. Taught, taught me how to <laughs> not get arrested at international border crossings. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, teaching you to golf, that was great because you were like captain of the baseball. Well, you were captain of the football team and the baseball team, right? In, oh, well, in high school? we don't want to overstate yeah. it. It's It was an eight-man football team from Eastern Oregon. Well, um, I, I had no college prospects whatsoever. Actually, I, I did talk to the U of I track coach and he looked at my numbers and he's like, oh, yeah, we, we do need some administrative help around here. And uh, <laughs> I had no I had no athletic potential in college. I mean, it was a it was a, a farcical notion that I could even play in high school. And it was kind of this mirage. Uh, so when you handed me a golf club, I thought it was a, a baseball bat. And That's I right. Hacking at it. Yeah, you would you would swing instead of swinging up, you'd swing back like you were hitting a home run or yeah. a bunt or something. Yes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, well, and you you came with you found um, that first set of clubs you had was I, I forget where we got them. They were I inherited them from got them, but, Jeremy Vaughn, our our mutual friend. Oh, Jeremy that's right. Vaughn. It was like you had an actual wood wood. 
<laughs> I did, yeah. It was from the Great Depression. Yes. And they, they came from Jeremy, who, another tall person. I look up to everyone. I have a lot of role models in my life. I look up to everyone uh, because they're much taller. And Jeremy had a huge frame, a very tall frame. And I inherited his club, so I was choking up on these, on these, yes. you know, old, old 1930s wood drivers, and just hacking it, leaving huge divots, huge yeah. divots, and that really, that raised student tuition quite high, um, <laughs> from all of the expenses. Do you still incurred. golf? I, I do. You know, since having kids, I don't get out as much, but um, sure. I have a big Cadillac titanium driver and. And again, thanks to your influence and just practice together, I, I I've cobbled together a decent game. It's not great, but I I remember one time I, you and I went and golfed at a, a place near Cove or in Union. I forget yes. where it was. Yeah. And I've never been bitten by so many mosquitoes in my life. Or rattlesnakes. Or. <laughs> um, yeah, that that golf course they have a lot of tumbleweeds and it's out in the high desert and. Um, a lot of fatalities from snake bites. A lot of fatalities. Oh, jeez, God, yeah. Well, and right. it was every every hole was either downhill or uphill because <laughs> right, it's on the yeah. side of a hill. I remember. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll have to go again. But, Buff- but Buffalo the, Peaks. Buffalo Peaks. <laughs> but I see the full picture now. See, this is why this is a helpful exercise because it adds yeah. um, adds some texture to these fuzzy memories. I don't know why you I forgot have. it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> It's it's hard traveling in Idaho in the wintertime, even flying. Yes. There's a lot of delays and it's still it's still rugged. It's so rugged. Yeah, well we were on like one of those little they Hori- or Alaska Horizon doesn't even fly them anymore, but these tiny little planes. Yeah. Flying like from, flying a tin can. Yeah, over flying the to Lewiston. Mm. And and there was one time we were stuck we were in the front seat talking to the flight attendant the whole time because it was so short of a flight and it was bumpy. So they weren't going to do anything. So we just kind of chilled and talked to them, and yeah, landing. And I, and I remember stuff. too. We would read stories about uh, propeller blades breaking off. Oh and, God! And coming, coming through the fuselage. <laughs> that still that still scares me. I do. I when I whenever I fly one of those turboprop planes, I get a seat in the very back because <laughs> I'm like I don't want to be anywhere near it. <laughs> but I had read some stories from the 80s or something, one of those dual prop planes and it's for, I mean they use state of the art materials now obviously, sure. but but yeah, it broke off and it went through the fuselage and uh, it just light scrapes. That's all anyone experienced. <laughs> but it was traumatic. Oh yeah, because when that thing speeds up and starts spinning at galactic speeds, it's great to just put your face right up against the window and look right into the side of the, <laughs> side of the blade. <laughs> is that what you do? Is that That's what I do? Is that, is that, you, you take your fear of flying class and you just make them do that. You just break right through it. You lean up against the window. <laughs> your, your breath is lightly smudging the glass, and you just look yeah. straight into that blurry blade, uh, and uh, and the fear goes away. Oh my goodness. I think I've exhausted everything that I had on here. Oh, the last thing I was going to ask, did you know that there's also a Justin Esslinger who's a graphical film designer living in Los Angeles? Yes, I do. (laughs) We've had that Justin Esslinger and I have had a cold war going on (laughs) for, um, for email address, media accounts and all sorts of stuff. 
So sometimes I succeed, like I've got the Facebook.com slash Justin Esslinger, ah. but he has the Twitter slash Justin Esslinger, but I've got the Instagram slash Justin Esslinger. It's like, yeah, we... <laughs> Every new platform, you just, even if you don't plan to use it, you just grab that name so you have it just in case. Yeah, no, it's it's a land grab, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so I've never met him, never spoke to him. But yeah, he comes up. <laughs> I have a, a similar uh, feud with <laughs> with a guy named Yitzhak Merheim, <laughs> who, okay. who who lives in Norway. And uh, there's a you know any Norwegian domain that might have the Myram surname, and I always grab, and and he fights back with me on that. But I was just curious because you both are very creative people. Have you ever thought about maybe joining? joining forces or um <laughs> uh no no i think i think the this this the, aggression this trust the the distrust and the <laughs> this aggression will not stand oh, this well, must okay. end okay? okay look i'm going to well, end no see you can you can say that because if you google isaac myram you are every single listing on the front page unless you, you unless you google it in norway and then you get the yitzhak, oh, okay. the yitzhak merheim uh, <laughs> contingent but i see what you're okay. saying okay i see what you're saying yeah no every single one is is of you so you've got that security you don't need to yeah this aggression um, will not stand this. and look i'm going to invite you both on a future podcast and the last oh boy. the last leadership thing that i'm going to accomplish probably in my life is going to be to to broker peace between the, reckon- the two the two S- Justin Esslingers in the world. He's probably never heard of me. <laughs> you are his nemesis. He he knows yeah. you. He knows you. Well, there's also and, and he's in awe of you too, just like the rest of us are. Um I'm 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 uh I just googled Justin Esslinger. And looked at the photos, and I'm I'm the sixth photo. The other Justin Esslinger is the second photo. The first Justin Esslinger is a from a sex offender registry in North Dakota. So, see that doesn't happen for you. That this is just so unfair. It does in Norway. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, if you if you Google worst Star Wars costume, I'm in the first photo that comes up. Okay. <laughs> I this was a photo, and I'll put this in the, in the show notes. This was the a photo taken of me when I was in summer camp, and um, you see that photo of there's a, a trash can. Yes. And uh, I'm in that photo. I am uh, C3PO in the back in a gold cardboard suit. That was at the, <laughs> at the Cove Ascension Camp. And wow, that was posted on the Episcopal Diocese <laughs> webpage in the summer of '04. And when BuzzFeed and Reddit and everything became a thing, <laughs> somebody, somebody grabbed that, and it it got 200,000 likes on Reddit once. Wow, it was insane. And we actually, the people in that photo, we kind of, we we joined forces and we tried to convince <laughs> the annual Star Wars convention that they should host a panel with us about <laughs> about the topics of 
social media and the love of Star Wars and how things can go horribly wrong. Um, and they they didn't bite. They thought that was a bad idea. Oh, <laughs> uh, so sad, man. And yeah, no, that that's my only claim to fame. When you Google worst Star Wars costume, I'm in the first photo. <laughs> Well, my only claim to fame is I'm the fifth most photographed Justin Esslinger after a sex offender <laughs> and my social media tag, Nemesis. There will be peace between the JEs of the <laughs> okay. world. And we will join forces for good. Mark my words. Okay. <laughs> well, Ike, this has been awesome. I, I uh, really appreciate the offer to be on your podcast. You're amazing cherished friend you know miss you like crazy uh and uh i hope we can see each other really soon i feel the same way we will see each other again we'll collaborate again and please give my best to your family to miss them all hope you guys stay healthy and safe in the coming weeks yeah same to you and christy and the girls uh yeah best of luck take care if you want to check out justin's wife liz's website that's a mouthful. Head on over to betbakes.com. There'll be a link in the show notes. I'm there right now. I'm looking at the Baking ABC English and Portuguese children's book. It's a fantastic project that Justin and Liz completed last year. The cover art for this episode is from our trip to Canada in 2001, where Justin was wearing a red hat and oceans of denim. If you want to see the worst Star Wars costume ever, check out the link in the show notes to a BuzzFeed article. It's number 11 on the BuzzFeed page. Old Friends, New Laughs is produced by me, Ike Myram. Our theme song was composed by the incomparable Luke Basil. We'll be back next Friday with a brand new episode. Until then, stay healthy, stay sane, stay happy. Thanks for listening. <laughs>